The following is paid commercial programming. Third-party rankings are no guarantee of future investment success. Working with a highly rated advisor does not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a high level of performance. Investment performance is not an explicit criterion because clients' investment goals differ. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client. Generally, rankings are based on information prepared and submitted by the advisor. Statements saying that we told our clients to be out of the market in 2008 refer to recommendations made by MMWKM's principals while employed at Eagle Strategies LLC. The team that manages accounts at MMWKM are the same individuals with that responsibility at Eagle Strategies and at Cambridge Research from 2009 to 2011. MMWKM was created in 2011 and uses the same exit strategy. A more thorough disclosure of the criteria used in making these rankings is available by contacting MMWKM Advisors LLC. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Money Matters. And here's your host, Ken Moray. We're in the money. We're in the money. We've got a lot of what it takes to get along. We're in the money. We are in the, the money. money. The skies old are sunny. You are through. You've done us and old man recession, you are through. You have done us wrong. Well, hello, 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 everybody, and welcome back to Money Matters with Ken Morayf. And of course, I am your host, Ken Morayf. And this is the show where we talk about everything and anything in the world of retirement planning. We talk about the stock market. We talk about interest rates. Today, we're going to talk about the Fed and the fact that they said they're going to raise interest rates sooner than they said they were going to. Wait a minute. That can't be. Well, anyway, we'll tell you all about that. Uh, we talk about Social Security. We talk about your 401k. You name it. We talk about it. If it has to do with your retirement and we want to have more fun than a human being should be allowed to have when talking about all of this boring financial stuff. And this week's no exception. We have an absolutely boring show lined up for you. So let me go over with you what we're going to talk. Wait, first, let me introduce myself. I am Ken Murray, the host of Money Matters with Ken Murray. Thank you, Jack. And I am a senior retirement planner and founder of Retirement Planners of America, a firm that specializes in retirement planning, as the name implies. I and love it. Yes, I do love it. And uh, one of the things that uh, the name implies, as I said, is that we work with the most wonderful people in the entire universe. And that's people who are over 50, who are retired, retiring soon. So if that is you, this show is designed for you. And by the way, we podcast this show. So if you want to subscribe to it, you can go on iTunes or wherever you podcast stuff on your device. I encourage you to do so. And then you can listen to the show at your leisure. But uh, this is the show where we talk about, uh, let me go over with you what we're going to talk about on this, our weekly excursion into the land of retirement planning. So first of all, as I mentioned, the uh, Fed had their meeting and they came out and you may remember they said, we are not going to raise interest rates no matter how bad inflation gets, no matter what happens, we are not going to do it. And they repeated it easily six times. Well, guess what? Eh, if, if, uh, inflation started to pick up a little bit. So we, we might uh, actually do two of them in 2023 after all. So now they've, uh, they've said, we're beginning to talk about the talk. So we'll talk about what that means to you and your retirement in our first segment. Now, also, we're going to talk about what should be the first thing you do when you do your retirement planning. What do you think that could be? What would you, what would you think would be the first thing that you need to do if you want to sit down and do some retirement planning? And I'm going to leave that hanging out there, and we'll tell you about that one in our second segment. <laughs> That's called a tease, Jack. 
That's called a tease. So you want your audience to want to stay around to hear that. Also, as we do every week, we're going to talk about how to maximize your social security benefits uh, in 2021. It's a, you know, there's a lot of things that uh, you need to know about. It's extremely complex in my view. And uh, so therefore, we're going to talk about, and by the way, if you want to help me out, all you have to do is send me your questions with regard to social security, and uh, I'll endeavor to answer them on the air, and you make my job easy. I don't have to create anything. I can just answer your questions. Now, also uh, this week, I want to talk with you about, uh, you know, when you are in the investment business, you have to understand that you are in the risk business. And the reason why I say that is because no one's going to, I shouldn't say no one, it's very hard to get a higher rate of return than zero unless you are taking some risk. So generally speaking, the higher the rate of return you want to get, the more risk you have to take. And so when you are retired, I believe that managing risk is maybe the number one thing you should do when it comes to your investment strategy. So we're going to talk about four ways to manage risk in your, in your investments if you're within five years of retirement or you're in, the, you're in that first five years of retirement. So if you're in that decade, uh, you talking to me? Yeah, I'm, I'm talking to you. All right, so we'll do that. Now, you know what, Jack? Most shows would stop right there. Most shows would say, you know, if we did just that, we have done more than our listening audience could possibly want from a financial show. Somebody stop me. <laughs> but on this show, do we only go where people expect us to? Of course we don't. We boldly go where no financial show has gone before. And therefore, at about 10 till, we're going to have our estate tip of the week. And this week, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tease you again. This is a show full of teases, all right? So here's another one. What do you think is the best inheritance that you can leave to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs? What do you think it is? you think it's money? Do you think it <laughs> – Jack says a lot of money. <laughs> do you think it's like uh, cars, houses, jewelry? You know, is it that golf club of yours? What do you think the best inheritance you can leave is? And so we'll talk about that one at about 10 till because I think the answer will surprise you. So we have a show uh, chock full of great stuff. I hope you'll stay tuned for the entire program. I want to tell you something quick. You know, Father's Day uh, is this weekend. And of course, I have three daughters. And, uh, you know, I'm one of those guys that whenever I need something, I, you know, it's Amazon, right? I just buy it. So I'm really hard to buy anything for. And so when I, when I was asked by my daughter, uh, she said, Daddy, what do you want for Father's Day? And I said, you know what I want? The, the most precious, valuable thing to me is family time. If I could spend time with, with my girls and my wife and my family, then that, that's the most valuable thing. Well, of course, my family is spread out all over the country. And uh, so, unfortunately, I have the app for the airline that we use for the miles and everything. So, <laughs> I already know what's going to happen for Father's Day. I think it's supposed to be a surprise, but unfortunately, I think I already know. There are the miles went down, and there are three tickets coming from where my daughters are, to, and they're arriving anyway. I'll, I'll act, I'll act surprised. <laughs> All right, well, let's talk about what the Fed decision uh, to raise interest rates means to your retirement, to your uh, investments, and you know, as I mentioned, the Federal Reserve said that they are no longer going to be in the forecasting business. So if you think about the history of the Federal Reserve, what they've always done in the past is they've said, you know, the, the U.S. economy is this giant tanker. It's a giant ship, and you can't turn it on a dime. It's not like a, like a, a, a race boat that can turn. So you've got to start turning it 
way in advance of when you want it to turn. And so when it comes to interest rates, that's kind of steering the ship. And so what they have always done, or not always, but historically what they've done is they have started raising interest rates or lowering interest rates because they anticipate that inflation is coming or the economy is slowing down or something like that. Well, they've changed that. What they said is, is that we are going to be data-driven, meaning they're going to essentially be reactive rather than proactive. They're going to look at the data and they're going to say, as the data comes in, we're going to change policy based on that. Okay, so then everybody, right? So then everybody said, "Well, that's great, but with the pandemic seemingly coming to an end, we're going to have this massive amount of demand and a short supply. That's going to cause inflation, and therefore, are you going to be data driven there? If the data comes in and says inflation's at eight percent or something, are you going to react to that?" And then they said, "Well, no, we're not." Okay, well, you're confusing me. You said you were data-driven, and now you're not. Well, which is it? Well, they said, well, because we think inflation is going to be transitory, we're not going to make, you know, it's going to be temporary, it's going to pass, then what we're going to do is we're going to ignore this data. And so they said, and we're not going to raise interest rates for another two years. And everybody's like, yeah, right, we believe you. And so in each one of the successive conferences where Chairman Powell has come out and talked about whether or not they're going to raise interest rates or tighten, he has repeated emphatically, you know, kind of the old read my lips, we're not going to raise interest rates. Everybody take us for our word. So therefore, you would think they'd stick to that. Well, last week, what they said is, uh, well, you know, inflation actually is way higher than we thought it would be, even with the transitory stuff we were talking about. And so we're now talking about talking about talking about talking about raising interest rates. Well, of course, the market got all freaked out about that, and that's why we saw the down days. Now, let's back it up, and let's, say, let's examine what it really means. What it really means is the economy is picking up. It's good news. And if you look at normal bear mar- uh, bull market periods, periods where the market is rising over time, it's usually a period of rising interest rates. Why? Because as the economy starts getting uh, more heated, it starts getting better and better and better, Usually what happens is the Fed wants to slow it down to keep inflation out of the system. So the fact that the Fed said they're going to raise interest rates potentially um, scared some people, and they sold, and that's what you saw. But what we look at it as is a buying opportunity. Why? Because it's good news. And in the end, the good news will win. So some people got scared, took their profits. Some people changed their minds because of the interest rate thing. But in our view, uh, we're going to see many more um, new all-time highs over the next year. Now, after the second half of 2022, I, uh, my crystal ball kind of gets blurry after that. <laughs> so I don't quite know, but I don't think it looks good. I see some dark clouds out there. So what do you do about it? Well, at, since, I, since we work primarily with people who are over 50, who are within five years of retirement, and, and those who are within that first year, five years of their retirement, if you're in that 10-year period, yeah, and I know there's a lot of you out there, our belief system is that you, you should ride the wave as long as possible. So as long as we have the momentum and the market is moving in the right direction, we want to participate in that. But when it turns south and it goes badly, then we don't anymore. We want, to, we want to invest and we want to protect. And that's why our strategy is, in fact, called invest and protect. We have, we have that. And our strategy said to sell in November of 2007 before the, the market crash of 2008, the credit crisis. And it also said to sell last year uh, just before the pandemic was announced and before some significant drops happened in the market that uh, last year. So we want to protect your retirement and have you live to fight another day because we have two goals for you. We want your money to last as long as you do. And secondly, 
we want you to have financial peace of mind. And if you knew that you had a strategy that could help to protect your retirement, would that not give you some peace of mind? I would think it would. So our website is rpoa.com. If you go there, we podcast this show, as I said, and you can subscribe to the show, listen to it whenever you'd like. We also have videos, we have articles, we have all kinds of information, our retirement planning, our strategies, social security, income taxes, estate planning, all kinds of stuff to do with retirement planning. Okay, so if you go to our website, you can find all that information. But more importantly, we have seminars coming up next week on maximizing your social security benefits, on retirement planning. Now that the pandemic seems to be coming to an end, what do you do now? We have all kinds of great information. You can go there and sign up for it, no charge or obligation. All right, so go to our website. It's rpoa.com, retirementplannersofamerica.com. All right, we're going to take a break, and when we come back, we're going to talk about what should be the first thing you do when you're doing your retirement planning. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. So I do feel good, and I'm glad you guys, I hope you guys are feeling good too. And uh, we're going to talk now, before we do that, let me just tell you that our firm, Retirement Planners of America, uh, I was named one of the top 100 uh, financial advisors by Barron's Magazine actually eight years in a row, which is incredibly flattering, and I'm honored by that. But I can tell you that without our beloved and most valued clients, we'd be nowhere. So all you clients, we love you, we thank you, we appreciate you. And if you are, yes, and if you are not a client, then I'd suggest maybe going to our website. It's rpoa.com. And uh, when you're there, you can uh, podcast the show. You can subscribe to it. We also have videos, articles all about retirement planning. I think you could spend a lot of time there and learn a lot of stuff, and I think it would be all good. So I encourage you to go there, rpoa.com. Okay, let's talk about uh, what should be the first thing that you do when you do your retirement planning. So... I'm going to get to the answer to that, but I want you to imagine for just a moment that you are in Africa, North Africa to be specific, and uh, you are going to get on this airplane, and think of an Indiana Jones kind of airplane, okay? So you're going to get on one of those airplanes, and you're in Tripoli, which is kind of in the middle. If you, if you picture the whole continent of Africa, it's right in the middle there uh, uh, on, the north, on the north side. So you're right there, and you're going to fly to Cairo. Okay, because you've got an important thing in Cairo. So you get on this plane, and you're heading across, and between Tripoli and Cairo, there's this desert, and it's the Sahara Desert. Okay, so now you're on the airplane, you're flying towards Cairo, and all of a sudden, the propellers turn off. The plane is screaming, it's falling, oh my gosh. You crash land into the sand, and everything is spewing all over the place. You get out, what's the first thing you do? Well, now you're saying you make sure that the wounded are taken care of and your foods and all that. Okay, after you've done that, what's the first thing you need to do? Well, in my opinion, the first thing you need to do is figure out where you are. Okay, because remember, the goal is to get to Cairo. So now you need to know where you are versus Cairo to figure out what you're going to do now. So, for example, if you think that you are north of Cairo where you crashed, then you'd head south. And you'd never find Cairo because it's actually north of you. Or vice versa, if you're south of Cairo, uh, so, so you need to know where you are and what the distance you have to go is. Otherwise, you'll end up in the wrong place. So what does this have to do with what's the first thing you ought to do with your retirement planning? Well, the first thing you should do if you're going to do retirement planning is to figure out where you are, number one, and where you want to go, number two. Because now what that does, it, it gives us the, the ability to create the game plan to get you from where you are now to where you want to be. Fascinating. Yes, and very logical, too. 
<laughs> so how do you do that? Well, one of the things that we do, if, if you were to come in and visit with one of our retirement planners, is uh, we're going to ask you, we're going to give you a list of everything that we want you to bring with you. And it's, it's amazing how people gather their stuff. You know, it's kind of, this one, this one gentleman came in and he, he brought in he, on wheels, he, you know, one of the little suitcases that's on wheels that you can pull behind you. And he pulls out this six inch thing of accordion paper. And he literally, I kid you not, by hand with, on, on, on uh, graph paper, wrote down the value of every single investments he's got by month for the last 20 years. And he had it by hand. And he still did it. And, it's all, and every time the paper would run out, he would use scotch tape and tape it to the next piece of paper. And I told him, you know there's such a thing as computers, right? <laughs> there, there are spreadsheets. And he goes, yeah, but I don't trust the internet. And I don't want anybody to hack my stuff. So he does it all by hand. That's one example. I had another person brought in, they brought in like this, uh, their junk drawer. I mean, it's like they, had, they threw everything in the suitcase and just brought it with them. So however you do it, the important thing first is to gather all of your stuff, right? So you need to know where your money's invested and hopefully even why it's invested there. What's the philosophy behind why you have it invested there? We need to know where all your money is being spent, okay? What are your expenses? Because a lot of times you're spending money and, and you don't, you know, you're not keeping track of it or whatever it may be. We also need to know things like uh, how much money have you accumulated in your different types of accounts. So, you know, your IRAs and your 401ks and those kind of things are what are called tax deferred. So what that means is, is that they have a different tax treatment than if you have a Roth IRA. And they're different tax treatment than if it's in your non-IRA accounts that are taxed as you go. So the different tax treatment of each of those is part of knowing where you are now so we can get you to where you want to go. Okay. So the other thing also that is important to know is your family. You know, do you, are, do you have family members that you're going to be taking care of or that are minors? Or do you want to leave an inheritance? The other thing that's important to know is your income taxes. You know, so it's like your wages. What, what sources of income will you have when you are retired versus what sources of income you have now? Do you have a pension? Do you, have, well, you probably will have Social Security. So all of those things are important to know where you are now. Okay, and that's the first thing that we have to do. So when you're doing your planning, hopefully you're not crashing in the desert. But if you're doing your planning, the first thing to do is to figure out where you are now. Now, for some people, that's a difficult exercise, and we want to help you with that. That's our that's our job is to simplify all of this stuff for you. So if you so and by the way, I'm getting to if you want to visit with one of our retirement planners, all you have to do is go to our website. It's rpoa.com, which is retirementplannersofamerica.com. And when you're there, if you click on meet with an advisor, what will happen is we'll call you, we'll schedule a time, and we can do it uh, in person now or, or, or virtually, whichever you prefer. And uh, we'll sit down with you and help you to get organized and figure out where you are now from your investments, your cash flow, your uh, taxes, your retirement, your estate planning, your 401, all that stuff. We're going to help you to organize it and then build a plan to get you from here to where you want to be when you retire or if you are already retired. We'll look at creating a plan that hopefully will have your money last as long as you do. Okay, so we want to do all of that for you, and we want to do it at no charge or obligation. And by the way, if we can help you, fantastic. And if not, we're going to tell you that too. Either way, we will part friends. 
I don't know how to say I thank you except I thank you. Well, Frankie, you are welcome. So if you, again, if you go to rpoa.com, you can take advantage of that. Now, also, for those of you who don't want to visit specifically with a person, we do have uh, uh, some seminars coming up next week that you can attend. They are live. They're virtual still. We're, we're still not ready to start doing them in person, but we, that's coming soon. But for the time being, we have virtual seminars that you can uh, attend. And uh, they are live, and they are uh, on our website. And now that the pandemic is seemingly coming to an end, and we have opportunity presenting itself, but also risks, we want to help you to, to understand that and to build your retirement plan and to have, help you with Social Security and how much money you need to retire and all those kind of things. And all of that is at that seminar. And you can all get all of the above on our website, which is rpoa.com. Yes, indeedy. So uh, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about how to maximize your Social Security benefits in 2021. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morave. All right. I want to. Th- this is the segment where we talk about Social Security and uh, maximizing your benefits. And the way you can help me out is send me your questions, and I will do my best to answer your questions on the air. And you make my job easy because I don't have to think about it. I can just answer questions. So here's the first one. I, and by the way, my, my email address is ken at rpoa.com. All right. So there's there it is. So first question, I'm 63 and I have cancer. Hmm. My. All right. Uh, if I collect Social Security at 63 and my non-working wife collects her benefit at 62, how will the survivor benefit be affected once I pass? Okay, so there are two components to the survivor benefit. Okay, so this is the benefit when a spouse dies and the survivor can take uh, benefits. So the original benefit is set when you die. If, if you, it, it is your age 66 benefit or if you claim benefits early, your reduced benefit, which is no less than 82.5% of your full retirement benefit. Okay? So her actual benefit will be set when she claims. So if she claims at 60, it will be 71.5% of the original benefit that you were receiving, and the percentage goes up from there. Okay? So once you reach 70, it's 100%. So in order to maximize the original benefit, in my opinion, you should not claim your benefit at your current age, 63. You should consider delaying as long as possible, even if you die before claiming your benefit. Okay? The reason why is this will give your wife the highest possible survivor benefit uh, so that she can maximize it from her side and she can file for survivor benefit at her full retirement age. Okay? So unless you need the money, I think the best thing to do would be not to file it and, and let it keep growing because that's going to determine her survivor benefit. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sorry to hear that you have cancer. Uh, okay, so the next question is, uh, I earn $110,000 a year. Wow, congrats. Uh, my husband earns $6,000 a year in a part-time job. Oh, so he's a loafer. <laughs> you need to get that guy to go out and get a job. What is this $6,000 a year part-time stuff? Anyway, uh, she says, I turn 62 next year. Will my husband's earnings cause my Social Security benefits to be reduced? Or will he be all right because his earned income is below the earnings test threshold? All right, those are two different questions. Let me answer the first one first. Will my husband's earnings cause my Social Security benefits to be reduced? So the answer to that one is, as long as he is receiving benefits on his record, when, you're, when, you're, uh, when your earnings will not cause his benefit to be withheld because the earnings test only looks at the income of the person filing. 
So he would not be affected by the fact that you make 110000 So it will not reduce his benefit. As you noted, his income is well under the threshold, so no problem with that. Now, on a separate note, I guess answer number two is because of what you earn, they look at the total household income, and because of what you earn and his at, at 116000 you are way over the threshold. And what's going to happen is that 85% of his Social Security benefits will become taxable. Okay, and that's because of your joint income. So that's still not a good reason for him not to work or to take early benefits. I'm just telling you, 85% of his Social Security is going to get taxed. Okay, it's not, they're gonna, not going to take it away from you. They're going to count it as taxable income, and you'll pay taxes on it. Okay, so it's not a confiscation. It's a taxation of, just to be clear. Now, if I didn't confuse you completely with that last dissertation, then you're really smart, I got to tell you, because I think I confuse myself. Now, Social Security is incredibly complex, in my There's opinion. There's no doubt about it. Yes, and as I've said many times, if there was an Olympic gold medal for complexity, Social Security would win that sucker every time. And uh, so to navigate all of that, in my view, you should work with somebody who is trained in that. And all of our retirement planners are trained in Social Security. We have them certify each year. We take, they take a test and all of that. We want to be sure that they are up to speed on all of that and they can help you to make the best decisions. So if you are in the uh, throes of deciding when and how to take Social Security, we'd love to visit with you at no charge or obligation, okay? And uh, we'll help you to build your entire retirement plan, not just Social Security, but also do you have enough to retire? Where do you get your income when you do retire? If you are retired already, how do you lower your income taxes? How do you protect against losses? All those kind of things we want to help you with. And it's all at our website, which is rpoa.com. I love you, man. Well, thank you. I love you, too. <laughs> and as I said, if we can help you, fantastic. And if not, that's fine, too. Either way, no charge, no obligation, and we will part friends. All right? So rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about four ways to manage risk with your investments. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayf. And uh, I want to talk now about uh, when you are in the investment business, um, you are in the business of risk. And you may not think of it that way, but if you want to have no risk, and I guess you could bury it in the background uh, in your backyard, but there's risk there too, right? The, the the worms might get to your money or something. But assuming that burying it in your backyard is the no risk way, then anything that is going to pay you any interest more than that is additional risk. Right. And and in theoretically, what happens is, is the more risk you take, the more of the return you should get. OK, so if you want to get a high return, chances are you're going to have to take a higher risk. So, oh, I'm so scared. And you should be, you know, I mean, the people that we work with, as I said, you know, once you retire, uh, it, probably you're not going to have wages anymore. That's a whole reason why you wanted to retire. And so now you're living on, you know, Social Security. If you're fortunate, you have a pension, uh, but now you're also living on your investments. And taking inordinate amounts of risk with your investments could be damaging to your ability of your money to last as long as you do. And as you know, that's our goal for you. We want your, you know, we always say, we're not here to make you rich quick. We're here to keep you from becoming poor. And there's a huge difference between those two, okay? So, so managing risk is, is uh, the, S, the uh, exercise of trying, uh, to, trying to make sure you don't become poor. So I'm going to talk with you about four ways to manage risk uh, with your investments. So the first way is um, diversification, okay? And uh, certainly I think you're familiar with that. So basically what uh, diversification means is, is that you are going to 
not have all your eggs in one basket. You're going to have a variety of different kinds of investments. Ideally, you would have some that zig when the others zag, that kind of thing. And, and diversification is something we very much believe in and I think is very important. Okay. Now, the next one is, is called asset allocation. And asset allocation is going to sound like diversification, but it really isn't. Okay. So basically, asset allocation, the way we do it is we, we first of all look at how much risk is appropriate for you. And I've talked about how that exercise and how we do that on, on other shows. Okay. So, so we determine how much risk is appropriate for you. Once we know what that is, then we design the portfolio around how much risk should we take. And therefore, the diversification is based on that. So, for example, let's say that we determine that you, you know, you're a younger person, maybe, uh, you know, and, and you can take more risk, okay? And, you, and therefore, you could be 80% in stocks. Well, now you're, you're still diversified in the 80% in stocks. It's just that now you have 80% of your money in that. Somebody else may have 60% of their money in that. Somebody else, 40, depending on their risk profile. So, asset allocation is what percentage do you put into the different diversification pots, if you will. So diversifying means you got lots of different pots where you put your money in. Asset allocation means how much of your money do you put in each of the different pots, okay? Now, the third way that uh, you could uh, manage risk is called dollar cost averaging. And, you know, I, I think right now is a very opportune time to be investing. With the Fed having scared people a little bit, the market's down some, and I think that this might be a good buying opportunity because I think we're going to see new all-time highs into the rest of this year and probably next year. Um, and so, but you may be uh, trepidatious. You may feel a certain amount of uh, anxiety, concern that, you know, the market's at all-time highs. I want to invest, but I'm not sure. Well, dollar cost averaging means that you're going to put in a little bit at a time. Okay, it's what you've done with your 401k when you put it in every year. Uh, I'm sorry, every month out of your paycheck. Guess what? That's dollar cost averaging. It means you're putting it in in a, on a regular interval, and when it's up or it's down, you're, it's buying consistently. And occasionally you'll get lucky and it'll be down. At other times it'll be up and you'll buy when it's expensive. But over time it should smooth that out, and that should help with reducing the risk. Okay, so number three is dollar cost averaging. Number four is I think maybe the most important one of all of them, and that is that it, I think it is important, especially if you are within five years of your retirement or you're in the first five years of your retirement. So if you're in that decade, I think that's the most important decade of your entire financial life. Many studies have shown that if you take large losses during that period, it'll significantly impair the ability of your money to support you for the rest of your life. So therefore, I think that number four in mitigating risk would be having a protection strategy a strategy to, key, to try to mitigate the downside risk. So if the market were to go way down, that you would protect yourself from that. And uh, our strategy is it, it, it's, uh, it's called invest and protect. It's the same strategy that told us to tell, our, to, get our, to tell our clients to get out in November of 2007 and stay out for all of 2008. So when the stock market crash of 08 happened, Clients who followed our advice were not in the, they didn't have any equities at that time. Uh, last year with the pandemic, we said to get out uh, literally the day before the pandemic was officially announced. And uh, you know what happened after that, and we helped to protect against that downside. So the important thing in our view is that you protect against downside, have an overarching strategy that says, yeah, I'm diversified. Yes, I've done asset allocation. Yes, I've done dollar cost averaging, but I don't care. I'm taking all my marbles off the table and I'm going to go protect myself. And those are four ways. There are 
more, but those are the four that we think are the most important. I'm glad we had this talk. Well, I am too, Tom. Now, if you are over 50, if you are in that age bracket where you're five years from retirement or five years into your retirement, then I encourage you to go to our website, rpoa.com. We have uh, seminars coming up that are on retirement planning. If you're getting ready to, if you're there already, we have social security strategy seminars. We have uh, videos, articles. You can subscribe to the show and listen to it on podcast, all kinds of stuff. It's all at rpoa.com. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about what is the best inheritance that you can leave. So stay tuned. This is Money Matters, and I am Ken Morayfe. So this is the part of the show where we talk about how to pass on to your greedy, unwashed, undeserving heirs the fruits of your labor, and that's called estate planning. And uh, this week, we're going to answer the burning question, what is the best inheritance you can leave? So what do you think it is? You think it's a pile of money, real estate? Remember Lucy? I don't want money. I want real estate. <laughs> is it cars, jewelry? What is the most? And so we'll get to that. And I'm not going to answer it right now, but I'm going to come to it. But first, Jack, can you play it? I know I'd go from rags to riches If you would only say you care And though my pocket may be empty I'd be a millionaire And, of course, that is Tony Bennett with rags to riches. And, you know, the estate taxes and probate and all that kind of stuff, it's actually designed to do the exact opposite. It's designed to take you from riches to rags. And we do not want that to happen to you. So every week at this time, we have our estate tip of the week. And this week, we're going to answer what is the best inheritance you can leave. And, of course, this is my opinion. And I think what it is, it's not money. And, in fact, it's free. It's not money, it's not real estate, it's not jewelry, it's not cars, it's none of that. It's your values. It's you. And, you know, there's an old expression that says that, you know, you can't, what is it? Something, it's, uh, you can't fake good kids, right? And uh, so parents, parenting, it's an important part. And how do you make good kids, shall I say? And that is you teach them your values, your morals, what's important in life. All those kind of things you teach them as you're, as you're raising them. And uh, so I think that one of the best inve- uh, uh, inheritances that you can leave would be that. So how do you do it? Well, it's easy. You can get one of the little tripod things that you can buy for $19 or not. You can use something else if you want, but that's what I would use. Put it on, put it on the, uh, the coffee table and uh, sit on the sofa. Put your iPhone or your Android device, whatever you have, and, and just video you, and if you have a spouse or whoever your significant other is, and just share with your family what the most important lessons you've learned in life are, what your values are, what you think the family should remember about you, and re- just record it and save it. I mean, just think if you could watch a video of your great-grandparents telling you what they thought was the most important thing in life, what their values were, what their morals were, what they thought. Wouldn't that be just wonderful? Or your grandparents, or even your parents. I mean, I I wish I could. You know, I love my mom, and she gave me a lot of stuff. It would be nice to be able to watch a video of her uh, sharing with me, you know, her view of what's important in life. 
And how much does that cost? It's free. But I think it is one of the most valuable inheritances that you can leave. So I give you a homework assignment. I don't usually do that on this show, but my homework assignment for you is do that. I think it would be incredibly nice. Cool. Very cool. And you know, with Father's Day coming up or Father's Day happening right now, all you dads, this would be your opportunity to leave them a present that they'll never forget and they'll refer to and share with your grandchildren and maybe even your great-grandchildren and future beneficiaries as well. So that's my tip for this week. Uh, not about taxes, not about trusts, not about any of that kind of stuff. It's just a touchy-feely thing that I think is very important. Now, if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon, then I'd encourage you to go to our website. It is uh, rpoa.com, uh, retirementplannersofamerica.com. And uh, when you're there, I encourage you to subscribe to the show. Okay, we, uh, we podcast a show, and uh, you can have it downloaded to your device, and it'll come to you. You can listen to it at your leisure when you're working out or doing the yard or driving around, whatever. Um, and also, uh, while you're there, you can, there are several resources we have available to you that we'd like you to take advantage of. Okay, one of them being that you can attend. We have seminars next week on uh, retirement planning uh, post-pandemic, uh, what to do now. Uh, in, in those seminars, we talk about three of the worst enemies to your financial well-being and how to deal with them. One is taxes. They appear to be getting ready to go up, something to think about. Uh, also, we talk about inflation, which I think is going to come with all the debt that we're running. <laughs> I don't know how it won't. Uh, and then also how to fight bear markets, uh, such as uh, 2008 and Y2K and that kind of stuff. We talk about that, too, at our seminars. Uh, we'll help you with your 401k, your, your profit sharing plan. We'll talk about do you have enough money to retire on? We call that your magic number. Uh, we'll talk about how to diversify your portfolio to accommodate your risk profile. Um, we have lots of information that if you are over 50, if you are retired or retiring soon. Oh, dear. That's too wonderful to be true. <laughs> well, it is not too wonderful to be true, Dorothy, because it is true. And I think you'll benefit from it. And you can find it all on our website at rpoa.com. And uh, the seminars are still virtual. Um, we haven't begun doing them live um, I'd, I'd actually like to hear from you uh, if you'd like us to start doing them live, okay? We're, we're certainly able to do that. We just want to accommodate what you'd like. So if you want to tell us, uh, my email address is ken at rpoa.com. And if you'd prefer to have live seminars, we'll, we'll, we'll start doing them again. But in the meantime, they're virtual, and our website is rpoa.com. All right, uh, we got to wrap the show up. I cannot believe how fast it's gone. I hope you have enjoyed it as much as I have enjoyed making it for you. We'll see you next week, same time, same channel. Bye-bye, everybody. Information presented should not be regarded as a complete analysis of the subjects discussed and should not be construed as an offer to buy or sell any of the securities mentioned. None of this show's content should be viewed as personalized investment advice. A professional advisor should be consulted before implementing any of the strategies presented. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk and therefore can be no assurance that any specific investment or strategy will be suitable or profitable for a client's portfolio. The tax and estate planning information offered on this program is general in nature. Always consult an attorney or tax professional regarding your specific legal or tax situation. 
sound effects or anecdotes should not be construed as an endorsement of Ken Marafe or MMWKM Advisors, LLC. The firm only transacts business in states where it is properly registered or is excluded or exempted from registration requirements. Registration is not an endorsement of the firm by securities regulators and does not mean that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability.